0: Hey guys, welcome to the debrief. This is our debrief of the episode with Lee Jin on the ownership economy, the creator economy. David, uh, some thoughts, takeaways, what uh, what comes to mind now?
1: Yeah, the first thing that comes to mind is actually irrelevant to the content, but um, uh, Lee, I has such a clarity in thought. She can answer in long form in very articulate ways. Not a single word was wasted. Out of her yeah, mouth. Uh, very and concise. So, and just makes sure she her, should be a podcaster. She should be a podcaster. <laughs> she should take yes. our jobs. this <laughs> <laughs> makes her really good content. And it also just it makes it just easier to land on my own ears. And this is definitely one of my favorite things about this job. It's like sometimes I'm sitting here in Zoom with a guest with you with you, Ryan, doing a bankless podcast. And I'm like, wow, so like I'm having a great time. Like I'm just <laughs> this is just personal education from not myself. Yeah, we explored a lot of themes, but so I think
0: Lee has a gift that I've seen with um, some investors, the space, like I think Chris Dixon uh, does this pretty well, for example. I think Jesse Walden uh, Mm -hmm. from Variant, her partner does this well, but a gift for like stitching together different ideas and naming those ideas and labeling them Mm -hmm. and parking them, like keeping them as a mental model. Uh, to inform how the space is going to evolve i think legion has that has that similar gift and it really came through through this podcast like the idea of the um the moving from the attention economy to the ownership economy is an incredibly powerful idea um one of the things i was i was struck by is when when we camped on that section about uh how creators like you ever think sometimes david that like we're sort of just we're all servicing the algorithms. Mm-hmm. Like we don't have a lot of autonomy, do we? Like we kind of I mean we think we do, but like when you're in the digital space, you're sort of just submitting yourself to the gods, the algorithm gods on on Twitter or like YouTube or whatever else. And like you find yourself doing crazy things like that example of YouTubers who always do the goofy like mm-hmm. what? like photo, oh my God, photo, like that mm-hmm. thing. Um, that's to appease the algorithms and it's also to appease the attention economy, right? It's like, it's eyeballs and clicks. That's the entire currency of the internet. And it was interesting to run that thought experiment of like, well, what if it wasn't like that? Or what happens if we break out of that over the next decade? What could the internet, uh, become and what, like, how is the world going to change as a result of that? And I think that's what Jin does very well. but. It's just crazy how this generation of creators. I think the next generation of creators will look back at like some of the creators now and be like, "What were you guys doing? <laughs> that was weird. Like, why? <laughs> you, you yeah, that was weird, weird. Then. <laughs> Yeah, why were you acting so goofy? Like, why did you tweet right. some of those things? Like, what what were you even thinking at that time? And it's just because we are um, part of this whole incentive machine, and we're just sort of feeding the the attention robots and the algorithms.
1: I've said this quote so many times on Bankless, and so the Hardcore Bankless listeners will know what what comes next, but my favorite quote out of the CryptoPunk Manifesto is that cypherpunks understand that the code they write impacts the people that use it. And to me, what that means is that the code that we operate on, especially with the attention economy, like the the code creates the outcome. Uh, It's kind of in the same way, show me the incentives, show me the outcome using, we didn't really know this going into web too, but like the intention economy incentivizes just like this weird, wacky, goofy stuff that we no, uh, normally otherwise wouldn't have done. Like exactly like the weird faces that, that, uh, you, you see on YouTube, but also like on Instagram, like the borderline, yeah. like <laughs> soft core, like soft core porn that it really just incentivizes TikTok's even worse. TikTok's yeah. even worse. Just like yeah. you see some of the, like what, what some of these like young kids are doing on TikTok and you're like, Oh gosh, now bro. you sound, like a boomer go, dude yeah <laughs> go talk to your parents like and, and like and, and that this is a, an unfortunate byproduct that these way these web2 platforms accidentally just created in order to create their own existence like they need to fight for attention they because feed off they, of it they They're feed hungry it. for it right and the influencers are hungry for it too right and it incent like the web2 incentivizes attention and that's not good because we've it, it, the long-term conclusion is like the rage that we've seen um, and through political discourse and all that stuff. And so one of the bullish case for crypto is that, well, in web two, we accidentally created this incentive to optimize for attention and that has all its perverse incentives. In web three, we get to discuss and tinker with and choose the incentives. We get and the concept of mechanism design, which is a big component of crypto is actually being able to look at the outcome that we want to create and then b- work backwards from there. Uh, And we didn't really get into that component of crypto uh, with uh, Li Jin, with uh, the creator economy. But the ability to dictate the outcome of what we want to see out out of our creators, which is creativity and things of that nature, is really, really bullish for humanity. We can finally stop optimizing for rage in Web2 and start optimizing for creativity. Uh, And this is one of the many things that make me so bullish about humanity as a result of crypto.
0: Yeah, it's funny how dependent we are on even as like, so I would consider ourselves sort of in this in-between phase of like you and I with Bankless, it's like we're sort of web 2.5, right? We haven't fully transitioned. Like we're using a ton of web 2.0 right. tools. Right. You have to, to build your audience, right. like YouTube, Twitter, um, um, like Substack, these are all kind of web 2.0-esque type tools, but we can leverage these tools and use them to like bootstrap us into this this whole what's it I get I guess part of the question uh this podcast leaves me with is what does it actually look like to be a web three creator, right? Like even even right now there's a few things you can do, but not very many things, right? you can kind of launch a token, mm-hmm. I suppose, or you can launch a an NFT right. and like you can kind of create a DAO. Like there's a few boxes to check, but um I think there's gonna be so much more opportunity and so many more tools for web three creators. Uh, in the future. And um I, I do think like 10 years from now some of the creators in the next generation will like look back at us and be like, oh my God, like what what were you guys doing? Like it's <laughs> Dad, we have what way you better doing? ways of doing these. <laughs> yeah. And like the, the other thing is I think um it could fundamentally change how information is propagated on the internet as well. It's like we don't know all of the downstream effects that us taking out this engine of attention and replacing it with this this engine of creators ownership what that what that does and i think that there could be some negative impacts too that we can't foresee right it's like there's probably no free lunch there's probably like trade offs with everything we do but it could fundamentally change how society is structured even how like media um you know the media we consume our information systems it could change everything and we we don't fully know what those changes will be. Um, I, I'm hopeful it's good. Uh, what do you think about her idea around wealth inequality, how crypto could start to chip away at some of the wealth inequality issues?
1: Yeah, I'll answer that question in the second half of, of my response. Um, but but the, the first half is kind of alluding to what you were just saying, where and this is something that the Bitcoiners, I think, really got right. Uh, in principle, Uh, But not an execution, which is, in my opinion, how you kind of summarize up Bitcoin, like right in principle, wrong execution. And, anyways, what I mean by this is that when you change the money, you change everything. Yeah, everything is downstream of money. We talked about this in a number of different capacities. Inflation (laughs) makes people take risks, um, and it just creates different incentives as a result of what that money is. Uh, And when we talk about, like you, you in the in the podcast, you said we are ripping out the guts of our current economy and replacing it with some brand new system. We are just f- completely redefining the foundations of what society stands upon. Not only with cryptocurrency, our money, but also of these not less money things, but more, you know, art and creativity things like NFTs. Uh, and so, this has always been the f- the massive promise of crypto is to completely redefine. What society is built upon the the structures that we use. The cypher punks understand that the code <laughs> they write impacts the people that use it. Couldn't
0: help yourself. <laughs> yeah, c-
1: c- couldn't help myself. And so when we talk about uh, wealth inequality, uh, I-, I think that's really just how. Uh, and and uh, I- I've also talked about this in a number of capacities where the point of crypto is to uh, play an, uh, an iterative ga- an iterative game, an infinite game that never ends. Uh, and. What that really means is that we generate systems that are fair and balanced, uh, that don't tilt in favor of one party or another, or at least it minimizes that tilt. And I think one of the the big causes of despair and concern and anguish in modern day society is that people feel like um, the capital of the world has been tilted into the favor of too few people at the, the losses of everyone else. Uh, we have this energy in the title of our of our podcast of our of our, our media entity bankless. like too much power exists in the banks. Um, and that's just one example of too much power. there's when the title of web 3 is stating that the web two gargantuans of the world have too much power and we need to rebalance. we need to reorient, we need to reconfigure society to be become more balanced. Uh, and so this is how we, Uh, Leave room for people. And and Li Jin talked about this when she talked about the design of systems where uh, does the inflation of your token leave room for future creators or does it um, it reward the early adopters? That is a, using mechanism design, that is something that um, application builders need to consider. Do they want to reward people for using it tomorrow but not the next day? Or do we want to make sure that we leave room for every person down the future? And the balance between those things, how far we tilt between now or later is a really important design consideration that no one really knows what the answer is, but why it's so ex- important to experiment in Web3 and why we're seeing so many experiments arise and fall and arise and fall in crypto.
0: So, but, but do you think this fixes wealth inequality or could, could chip away at wealth inequality?
1: I think over the long term, it, it sets wealth inequality back significantly, um, but not in the short term. In the short term, I think it actually might make it worse. So it blunts it, you think, yeah. in the long run. Yeah, mm-hmm. and why? It's like the, the 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 way
0: I think I could rationally see that argument is it, because it creates more equal access to opportunity for the world. Right? Everyone gets the same banking system, the same set of uh, capital formation tools, the same ability to to create and distribute on the internet. That's maybe the bull case for this. Mm-hmm. Uh, decreasing wealth inequality. but like I guess the bear case is something that you said in the podcast, which is the old capital just goes and snaps this up and you know they are more financially savvy mm-hmm. like they're they're kind of well connected and everything becomes a market, you mm-hmm. know and and these people can dominate markets in ways that uh, an average individual can't. Mm-hmm. That's maybe the like the bear case for this. What, uh, how do you think this lands?
1: Yeah, and this goes back to the concept of the ability to exit, or uh, what Amin Soleimani t- uh, coined the rage quitting out of Moloch Dao. Uh, the ability to exit is so incredibly important, and we've seen this pattern show up in so many different uh, um parts of the world, Um, the fact that the United States of America has 50 states, where if one state becomes oppressive, you can just get up and move to a different state that's less oppressive. Um, One of the reasons why Web 2.0 is so broken right now is that you can't take what's called your social graph away from Twitter or away from Facebook. I can't- No export. You can't export. I can't export my followers and take it to a different um, location. It doesn't work like that. It's gated and siloed. I can't exit from Twitter- for Jack, well, I was going to say Jack Dorsey, but he's no longer the CEO. Twitter owns me. Twitter owns my account. It owns my social graph. But on Web3 and Ethereum, the ability to execute, uh, exit is always just one transaction away. Uh, and if the users of a platform feel that uh, it is tilted unfavorably, or if generally society feels like this one particular platform is balanced inappropriately, well, it's trivial to just fork a protocol Rebalance it in favor of more adoption, and then launch that from there. And so there's some sort of and I wrote this article forever ago about on coordination versus defection, uh, and really the moat behind any DeFi application or any Web three protocol the moat that it has is how uh, strong its coordination incentives are. Can it does it is its coordination incentives uh, outstrip its defection incentives? And when it, defection incentives grow too large, then you're going to incentivize some sort of effort to mass coordinate away from away from Facebook, which we never had the opportunity to do. Uh, if, if you tilt too, uh, if you tilt things in the favor of too small of a party, well you're leaving oppor- the opportunity for these people to uh, defect and migrate away, fork your code and rebalance it in, in a way. So why I'm bullish on crypto solving wealth inequality is that the ease of rebalancing protocols, is far better than ever before we've ever been able to see in, in humanity.
0: Do you think the uh, the the trends she mentioned are enough to like break us out of the attention economy and propel us into the ownership economy? Right. So like, I you know I'm particularly may- maybe the one that that pops out the most to me is this idea of community ownership, but then also the communities co-creating with the the creators. And so you know, Bill Gates' essay was like, "Content is king," right? Mm-hmm. I just, I just, and that maybe defined web one, web two. I'm I'm just wondering if it's like community is king. Mm. And that sort of defines web three because uh it's it's not even only about like a creator as kind of an exclusive group of talented elites. Like the idea of web three is no no no, everyone becomes a creator. Like you also become a creator and you can partake in this in this in this creation. But um, do you think all of this is enough? right? Like, do you think that, I mean, w- web two is pretty powerful, right? It's like, it's a lot of aggregation potential and, mm-hmm. um, the, their ability to aggregate an audience can even be beneficial on, on like web three. Like we couldn't do what we do mm-hmm. without, uh, these, these web two platforms. And so I, it's, part of me wonders if, if web two will like somewhat co-opt web three a little bit and kind of, integrate them. And then we're stuck in kind of the place that, that we started. Mm-hmm. What do you think about all of this?
1: Well, I, I don't think there's a world where web two can co-opt web three things and web two doesn't meaningfully improve anyways. Um, Elon Musk talks about how like, there's an interview that somebody was like, uh, well, Elon, what happens when all the other car companies of the world just start making electric cars? Like, and then they're just going to undermine Tesla. And he goes, well, my goal with Tesla is to make sure that we can live on this planet by making as many electric cars as possible. So if they all make electric cars too, fine. That's, I'll, I'll take that and run. Uh, and so w- one of the mental models I've had lately is as crypto becomes more and more usable because we solve UX features, UI features, we find stronger and better ways to actually better use cases for people to d- adopt it in the first place. Crypto is just getting better at having good reasons to use it. Simultaneously, the rest of the world is having more, is pushing people more and more into needing things like crypto. Uh, So you know, Facebook is causing civil wars, Um, uh, and meanwhile we have like the burgeoning social media Web3 ecosystem starting to come about. So while crypto is becoming better and more ready to adopt society, society is becoming more and more ready to adopt crypto. Uh, and so it's not just a one-way question where like, well, these Web2 companies and platforms are really good at what they do. Um, it's not just one way. It's, 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 it goes both ways. Both crypto is getting better at ad- adopting society and society is becoming more and more in need of crypto.
0: It was kind of interesting. I was just thinking as, as you were talking about like the information and the media that I consume and on the internet. Uh, generally, I would say probably like 95% of it is, um, creator produced as it is. It's like not, not company produced. Mm. That makes sense. Like I'm, individual. I'm I don't individual produce like, so, and I find that the, to be the richest source of actual knowledge and actual information. Right. It's like, it's not, you know, CNN or something like this. It's like okay, you know, Reddit is a is it t- for me like a better news source. Or like if I'm following a writer, it's not the Wall Street Journal. It's like you know, Substack. Or if I want to learn about a particular topic, um, go to a you know some subset of t- of Twitter and really learn that way. And it's interesting how like creators and maybe this was a whole Web two thing, but like creators are really the um, like they're already providing the best content. And so you kind of wonder, like, okay, what are the aggregators bringing to the table? Mm-hmm. It's like they're not doing the hard work of providing the content; they're just like wrapping it all up mm-hmm. and distributing it, mm-hmm. and like slapping some ads on it and mm-hmm. selling it. Mm-hmm. Right? It's like it's it's almost back to the bankless thing where I, with with um with DeFi and crypto, I'm like, uh, why do I need you anymore, banks? <laughs> like, well, so, like. I wonder if we ever get to that point where it's just like uh, Web two aggregators. Why do we need you again? Mm -hmm. You know, you know. Remind me of that. It's like, I guess the cool thing about this, the liberating thing about this, is is it positions creators as the um, the kings Mm -hmm. again, and as they as they should be. Right, the the power goes back to the people, which is
1: I think the general theme of of crypto and Web three anyway. And I think people can empathize with the creators when they are individuals rather than just masked, masked behind some sort of like New York Times rap, rapper or Fortune Magazine rapper. Um, totally. There's like, you, you can check the YouTube comments. He's like, they, people just like the drama. Like, I get, <laughs> I, like, I touch my nose too often. Like, you know, Ryan made a funny face. I'm shaking. Yeah, Ryan's vibrating. Like, it's it's the these funny little quirks that it's people, people Am like. Am uh, Yeah, like, you can barely, it's so weird. The frequency of which you vibrate <laughs> is ridiculous. <laughs> for, the, for the listeners, you got to go to YouTube. Um, But it's like, also, like, with the frog drama, people just, like, are interested in the drama of just, like, the individual, and you don't, and, like. So much like suit and tie ness of the Web two world is like oh no drama no drama can't have it like so you you get more you get empathy and more drama with with the uh, individual creators and I think that's an uh, it's a act- richer world an it's accidental a, byproduct of creativity yeah. is creativity begets be create uh creativity because they know who we are they know who Ryan and David are. They know who their favorite creators are they, they you can see into my whole entire apartment for God's sake <laughs> <laughs> wait that's not, a background? That's not <laughs> a background you really own a crypto I fiction? really own a cryptopunk framed on my wall that's actually where I live <laughs> oh my god
0: that's awesome man yeah well yeah it's it's it's, it's a great episode I think um, the creator economy is gonna be a pretty big deal mm-hmm. uh in the coming years Do you have anything to say about it anything um, else
1: bullish humanity.
0: Bullish humanity. Bullish crypto renaissance. Um, Guys, thanks for being. Bullish premium members. Thank you for being a premium member. Thank you for subscribing. We appreciate you. Uh, And uh, we'll see you next time. Cheers.